The Tom Sumner Program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, John. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky day, Mr. Sam. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian, Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Uh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. A social distancing tip. While the CDC urges you to avoid close contact, like hugging or shaking hands, there are other non-physical ways to say hello. Wave, wink, use sign language, salute, smile, give the peace sign, throw up an air high five, do jazz hands. Remember, stay a minimum of six feet or two arms length away from others and stay home if you can. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Somewhere over the rainbow, way a land that I heard of once in a lullaby upon a star and wake up where the clouds are far behind me where troubles melt like lemon drops away above the chimney tops that's where you Somewhere over the rainbow, bluebirds fly, birds fly over the rainbow,
that trouble smelled like lemon drops away above the chimney tops. That's where you Welcome back, everybody, as we roll into the third half of our three-hour tour known as the Tom Sumner Program. We have a long history of uh, showcasing local talent, and very often live, we're not able to do that uh, during this uh, current coronavirus, but a lot of uh, area musicians have taken to Facebook and and other social media to... uh, interact with uh, people who want to hear them perform and we just heard uh, one such performance of uh, the uh, the classic uh, song somewhere over the rainbow performed by i think kim was the uh, the first live musical guest i had on the tom sumner program kim heath streeby joins me by phone hi kim welcome to the show again well, good morning, and thanks for having me. This was this is fantastic. I love that version of uh, "Somewhere Over the Rainbow," and and I have another one uh, that we're going to try and squeeze in if we can in a few minutes. Um, but but I want a chance to talk to you a little bit because a lot of people, a lot of performers, are really struggling with what to do um, when they're forced to stay home and not be out performing and so on. And they've uh, found other ways to do that, as, as you have. How, how did it occur to you that, you know, um, I don't know, I guess birds got to fly, Kim's got to sing? <laughs> <laughs> and just got to swim. So here we go. Well, so, uh, uh, <laughs> So being stuck in the COVID, you know, um, it all re- we knew it was coming, but uh, with the COVID, with the with the shutdown, but I don't think we really knew we were in it until we were. You know what I'm saying? So when we were in it, there were so many people who were so heroic in making masks and, um, you know, uh, making shields and being first responders. And I just thought about what is it that I can do? And what one of the things I've been gifted with is my voice. And uh, I guess um, fearlessness, I don't know if that is uh, (laughs) a good thing or a bad thing all the time. But I just said, you know what, I think I can do a show out of my home. 
um, just a weekly show. And so I put out on social media, what kind of things would you like to hear me sing? And I got a variety of different responses. Uh, and from Queen to Twisted Sister. I mean, some of them are a little bit silly. But, <laughs> and I was going to try it, let me just tell you. But it didn't, it didn't quite work out, and I didn't have the time for it. But um, so between um, March, uh, uh, I believe it was March 24th, and I think our last performance was on June 20th. I don't have the dates right up in front of me. But uh, we did 20-some performances through those days. We also did started doing, um, and I say we, because my son Ronan and I, uh, all, Ronan came in to the program sometimes as well. So um, people started really enjoying that. And, you know, the first program, I thought maybe I had five people, you know, one of them being my mom, um, <laughs> going, and with another one being my husband. Uh, and was going to watch this. And we had quite a little crew of people that were watching it. Um, and I started developing a little bit of a following. Uh, and it was great to see the interaction. Now, uh, with, with the audience and on Facebook, they interact with you a lot. Uh, so it's fun to have that interaction, even though you don't really have an audience. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to portray to the uh, to this, and if there are followers of the soiree out there, and I put it up on on the media, they will know that this is a live performance. So it is really warts and all, but I think that's an important part of live performance because it's live, because we're human beings, and so it's not real. Uh, not really doesn't have the production quality isn't as sharp as maybe it could have been but i think we had a wonderful time so and we hope to do it again uh but we're taking a little break for the summertime so well, that's the story in a nutshell and 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 um now this is all in, in response to the stay at home orders what are you staying at home from what am I staying at home from, or what I what, yeah. what was I staying? What would you What would you be doing if you weren't on uh, lockdown? Well, uh, I would have been teaching uh, school. I would have been performing with Saint Cecilia. Uh, I had planned on doing a performance with them. Uh, I would have been doing another cabaret with the Flint Community Players. We are planning a pride celebration, um, and so will I'm you not, be teaching? Okay. Do you know yet if you'll be teaching in the fall? That's uh, the plan, but we don't know. We're all, you know, we're still still in this. We don't know thing, and that's the plan. <laughs> now, the thing about uh, about doing these live performances on Facebook, there's a live element to it, but there's also a part that gets recorded. Um, so a lot of these performances are up on your Facebook page. How can how can people find those if they want to hear them, and when do you start up again? Uh, they are... Uh, uh, so my, my Facebook page is Kim Heath Streeby. Uh, you can also go on Kim's Soulful Soiree, 
and there are a few of them there. I thought they were all there, but I'm going to upload some more. So it's Kim Songful. I'm sorry. Oh, Kim's Songful Soiree, and that is an actual uh, that's an actual page that you can like, and I can uh, share that information with you uh, to put up on your stuff there, Tom, on your website. So uh, yeah, I would love it. Well, Kim, I want to make sure and squeeze in some more music. So um, let me let me just uh, thank you for um, calling in and spending a little time with us this morning and uh, and helping Hopefully. us uh, helping us get our uh, our Friday music segments back up and running again. I appreciate it. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you so much. All right, take care. Yep, you too. That was Kim Heath Streeby. You can uh, find her on Facebook and lots more performances. In fact, uh, coming up here in in just a moment, we're going to go out with some music. Then we're going to take a short break. And then we're going to talk about uh, traffic patterns in bars and restaurants and cafes with ZenReach CEO uh, John Kelly coming up after we uh, take a short break. But first, we'll hear... uh, uh, Another song from Kim Streeby. Don't know why There's no sun up in the sky Stormy weather Since my man and I ain't together Keeps raining all the time Life is big Loon and misery everywhere Stormy weather Just can't keep my poor self together so we all the time, the time keeps raining all the time. Since he went away, the blues walked in and met me. If he stays away, oh, rocking chair won't get me. All I do is pray the Lord above will let me walk in the sun once more. Can't go on. Everything I had is gone. Stormy weather. Since my man and I ain't together Keeps raining all the time More of the Tom Sumner program is straight ahead after we take a short break. Don't touch that dial and click Hello, that darling. mouse. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the Briggs. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write us at TomSumnerProgram.com. Call us at 810-339-8255 or contact us on Facebook or Twitter. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner program where to go. Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. I was telling you a little while ago about my wife, and I don't want you to be confused, but we were, I've been married more, more than once. And in fact, I've been married three, three times. But my first two wives each died a very tra- tragic death. My first wife died from eating po- poisoned mushrooms. And my second wife died from a... Fr- fractured skull. She wouldn't eat her mushroom. How do you do, ladies and gentlemen? This is Bob Hope back once again to tell you it's better to have pepsodent flowing over your teeth now than to have water running under your bridge later. 
Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. And welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program. We're going to talk uh, during this segment about, um, about well, retail, bars and restaurants and, and uh, how it's been impacted by COVID-19 and an organization that uh, took a look at just that um, has some, uh, some interesting numbers and interesting results from some research they've done. Um, and to uh, talk about that is the uh, CEO for ZenReach, John Kelly, who joins me by phone. John, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Um, what prompted this study, and, and how do you even go about doing a study when everybody's uh, stuck at home? Uh, okay. So first, <laughs> a little bit of uh, background on the company. Uh, so ZenReach is a walkthrough uh, company, a walkthrough marketing company. What we do is we deploy a software layer on top of local Wi-Fi. So think of this as the Wi-Fi that's available in various stores uh, and translate that Wi-Fi into a sensor. So now we can track the number of devices that come into the store. Your your cell phone is set as a default to look for a Wi-Fi signal every 30 seconds. So the number of devices that come in is a proxy for the, the foot traffic of the local store. Oh, interesting. Interesting. It's Things have changed a lot from the days when people walked around with clipboards, huh, John? That's right, exactly. <laughs> we got a little bit better. Um, so how long has, has ZenReach been doing this? So ZenReach has been in operations for about eight years, um, and uh, we have deployed across uh, almost 10,000 locations across North America. Now, I was looking at a couple of graphs um, that were put together, and I wasn't, sh- I, I, I didn't understand a couple of references uh, uh, adjusted for LO capital T, I, I'm not sure what that means, and capital Y, O, capital Y analysis. What, what are those phrases? Okay, let me, let me just back up and, uh, uh, and give you the, the high-level context of what we've seen. So, we have these deployments in various lo- retail locations throughout the country, as I mentioned. Uh, we track the number of devices that come in as a proxy of foot traffic. And then we compare that to what the foot traffic levels were a year ago. And so it started off at the beginning of the year, like January through February, that we were, we were doing well as a, as, a, as a company, as a country. Uh, and... Uh, foot traffic was up slightly, a few percentage points. And then about March, when uh, stay-at-home orders started to be contemplated, we saw a dramatic decrease in foot traffic. Um, uh, it was down uh, almost 60% in the month of March, from the beginning of the month to the end of the March. Uh, and by April, almost every state had some form of stay-at-home orders in place. Uh, and so we actually hit a low point as a as a nation uh, on April 18th, where traffic was down uh, about 75%. So huge impact to the retail sector. Since that time, we've actually seen foot traffic come back up. Um, we peaked at about 51% uh, about a week ago. And so today we're about 48%. It's come back down a little bit in the last few days. Uh, but dramatic improvements over... What we what was the low point in April? However, we're still very far off from where we were year over year. Yeah, it's it's um, looking like uh, according to to some notes I have here, 
On the 4th itself, for example, uh, traffic across all industries was about 52.1 or 52.8 percent of what it was in 2019. Yeah, it's yeah, we were just about 50 percent over the 4th of July weekend, uh, which is uh, a big weekend, right? Normally, that's a pretty high traffic weekend, not just for retail, but particularly for bars and restaurants. And that sector is right now operating about fifty percent. And and you say you've you've started to see numbers tick down a little a little bit. Is that um, a, a result of as as uh, states have started to I don't know walk back some of the stay at home orders or at, at least but there's a loosening of the restrictions and then we saw the the numbers of covid cases start to go up slightly is there a correlation there yes uh i would say the correlation is uh really centered on consumer concern uh more so than um the stay at home orders themselves although there's um that's a correlation as well and the reason i say that is we saw traffic drop pretty dramatically in March before stay-at-home orders were issued. Now, in some cases, uh, people knew they were coming, and so they started to change their behavior. But uh, the the trend was already in place uh, a week or two before the stay-at-home orders were issued. And what we're seeing today is in the last week or so um, a slight decline as well. Uh, I don't know of any jurisdictions that have specifically changed kind of uh, gone reversed kind of the opening decisions. I think they've put a few restrictions in place in Texas and Southern California. Uh, but I think what we're really seeing is consumers uh, feeling a little bit more concerned and therefore um, changing their uh, normal retail habits. Now, the the development of um, curbside service, does yeah. that impact the way you're able to track how these businesses are doing? It, it, it can, right? So this business, or I should say our sensors do not pick up when you've um, ordered uh, delivery, for example, right? You know, call your local pizza uh, parlor and, and ask for a pizza delivery. We're not going to pick up that business. So uh, we do know that for the most part, delivery is up pretty significantly, but that's not reflected in our data. Uh, if, however, you're going to uh, order something and then pick it up at the window in all likelihood we would see that traffic yeah but 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 some of these places are offering uh, staff to come outside I, I know grocery stores were doing that um, where uh, you could call and and shop you could shop online and then you'd get to the grocery store dial a phone number and somebody would come out with your groceries and load your car for you. And th- that would, would bypass um, um, your tracking. Uh, not that yeah. you do in grocery stores, but um, but in similar circumstances in bars and restaurants and cafes, um, that, would, uh, that would bypass your tracking. Um, and, and where I'm going with this, John, is um, is there a concern that part of this new normal we keep hearing about is going to be more delivery and more curbside service. And then what do you do as a company to then alter how you track foot traffic? Yeah, I, I do think that this increase in delivery 
will probably sustain itself, right? So I do think that consumers will look for more delivery options in the future, even post-COVID. At the same time, there is nothing quite as relaxing as grabbing a meal and having somebody else do the dishes. So uh, I don't think... I don't think as a nation we're going to move away from restaurant going per se. It will just be, at least in the interim, in a different form, right? Maybe it's outdoor dining. Maybe it's more social spacing. Uh, uh, and it, there will be a depressed uh, period of time for the restaurant industry and bars in particular. But I don't know that like any of us are going to stop that activity once, once we get back um, to normal. What about outdoor dining? Does that manage to find its way into the perimeter of of your ability to to track devices it can it depends it, we actually have something called an access point uh which is like a, a a modified router if you will and so if you as a as a restaurateur as a merchant decide to deploy the access point outside or near the door we can pick up that traffic so yeah in theory we could it depends on the merchants uh, specifically how are the restaurateurs about about this? The the different bar owners and um, cafe operators did are, are they happy to have this information? Are they very willing participants in uh, in the tracking? Well, they have to be because they uh, we don't deploy uh, without their consent. Um, so it's actually a, a service that we offer them. So uh, it's not something that we do on our own. Um, I, I guess I guess what I was was getting at is, uh, do they do they ever have um, I, I don't know privacy concerns? Ah, so um, the privacy concerns. So when a when I walk into uh, my favorite pizza parlor and my phone is pinging for the service, if I've never logged into ZenReach or never logged into the guest Wi-Fi experience, which is what we create for these merchants. Uh, I am completely anonymous. I'm anonymous to ZenReach. I'm anonymous to the merchant. So all it looks like is device one, two, three came in at 1040 and left at uh, 1130, right? So there's no privacy implications associated with that. Um, The questions are really about after you kind of convey your, um, your personal information through a login event, like how do we control for that? And we've made tremendous investments in this front. Um, to be compliant with the highest standards in the country, which are currently the uh, the California regulations. And and uh, there are regulations because I remember for a long time people were saying, "Boy, this is just the wild west here." Uh, there are California's put together something uh, uh, which is very similar to the uh, regulations they have in Europe. It's called the CCPA, California Consumer Protection Act. Um, and that's the f- kind of the leading edge of uh, of consumer privacy in the states. Um, I will say, like a lot of the details associated with these various uh, attempts to protect privacy um, uh, are not necessarily clear because the technologies that they're designed to address um, fa- uh, t- uh, attack the problems in different ways. But nonetheless, it's a great you know we. we we as a culture and we as a company in particular believe that consumers have two fundamental rights. And one is the ability to say, you know, ask us, ZenReach, what information do you have about me? And two, to either delete it or modify it if it's incorrect. And 
And so that's kind of our foundational principle. Now, since this is in essence a, a kind of a, a subscription service, um, is it um, how how many bars and restaurants? I mean, they typically be are, are they typically the the chain places that you have as as customers and clients and, and locations for your routers, or um, are they small mom and pop corner bars and that sort of thing. They can run the gamut. We have uh, everything from large chains to the single location mom and pop businesses clients. Is, is this an expensive thing for them? Uh, what's what's the, uh, the the cost benefit? Uh, well, we, we don't think it's expensive. We, <laughs> we certainly <laughs> hope it isn't for them. Uh, the, the cost benefit is essentially one. Uh, the merchant gets to collect more contact information about the people who come in, uh, their patrons, right, their consumers. Two, we also have a marketing uh, marketing technology, so they can not only collect contacts about them, but uh, send emails to these consumers, um, and therefore get keep the engagement level. Anytime you want to update your menu or your pricing or your store hours or even just alert them to the safety measures that you've put in place during this COVID period, we enable them to, to, to do so. And then thirdly, uh, the ability to attract new users is also part of the equation here, uh, which we facilitate through advertising. And the um, are, there, are, are there cities where you have more coverage than than other cities around the country are are there cities that are just easier to uh to reach people and and get them on board or uh, i'm not sure exactly I'm, i'm trying to figure out just how much of the uh of the industry you're able to um track yeah so with tens of thousands of locations we're able to uh, kind of understand a fraction of the industry. There are, you know, lots of locations or more than millions of locations and businesses throughout the country, but it's a statistically significant um, uh, percentage. So as a result, when we report out on data, we think it's pretty indicative. And by the way, I do double check this with what other like credit card processors are saying and, and the, um, the numbers are remarkably similar, right? Like retail traffic from our point of view, retail traffic from credit card companies, we're all seeing the same thing. Huge dips in April, a slight uh, return to kind of 50% of historical averages now. And um, the other part of this I, I'm curious about, you don't have to do a whole lot of manipulation of data, do you? You have it kind of built into where it... it it just um, tracks the numbers and, and kind of prints out a report. Or do you have to do a lot of data manipulation to to do comparisons? Uh, believe it or not, we do um, because there's a lot of complexity associated with uh, understanding um, when a, when a device is there versus outside, right? But that's kind of part of our proprietary technology. The other thing is, as we were putting these data sets together, we realize that you can't just do a one day versus one, you know, today versus the same day last year because day of the week um, is a big... Oh, yeah, this year, 4th of July was on a Saturday. Right, 
Right. So as a result, we do a seven-day rolling average, which is much more indicative of the true year-over-year comparison. And um, what what was happening? It sounds like the numbers were on their way up back in January, and then the yes. and then the the coronavirus hit. And and like with everybody, everybody felt it, everybody experienced it, and then things just dropped off. That's right. That's right. Yeah, we were seeing uh, slight increases in year-over-year traffic in the January-February time frame, I think like 2 uh, 2.5%, something like that, on a few days, So, or for s- several days during that period. So that that told us that the economy was doing well, that retail uh, that dramatic drop started in uh, the beginning of March in some jurisdictions and was unlike anything that I've ever seen. And I, f- I find it interesting. There's there's a note here that, that Goldman Sachs was emphasizing a correlation between uh, face mask mandates and the state of our economy. Um, how do those, how, how does one impact the other? Uh, well, I won't speak to, I'll let Goldman Sachs kind of uh, articulate what they've put out. But what I would say is when um, when consumers feel safer, they're more inclined to spend more. Okay, that's kind of a, a, a normal consumer proposition, which we all um, understand that this you know, goes back for, if you take COVID out of the equation, if you feel like you're walking into an environment that would be fraudulent, you're not as likely to put your credit card down, right? Sure. So consumer safety is uh, is certainly paramount in making sure that the um, economy does well. And then secondly, in jurisdictions where uh, there have been kind of um, strong adoption of masks and compliance, I think that what they're probably seeing is there is a correlation with suppressing the spread of the virus, right? And therefore, you know, creating a safer environment for consumers. Do you um, do you have as uh, as clients fast food establishments? We do. Um, and um, and I'm not sure how to even ask this, but I've been hearing that that Taco Bell is doing pretty well <laughs> during this uh, COVID nineteen crisis. There are a lot of there are a lot of parts of the economy, parts of the restaurant business in particular, which have done well. Restaurants overall have been dramatically impacted, um, as you might imagine. Uh, most of the restaurants uh, operate on relatively thin margins, and so, you know, if traffic drops 10, 12, 15 percent, like they struggle to make money. And when your traffic is down 75 percent, that puts you in a very different uh, environment. The, the, the sectors that have done well in this environment within the restaurant category are those that, one, offer delivery and have been able to leverage it. So that's been uh, that's been the one bright spot. Or two, a robust kind of in-store pickup or drive-through window, if you will. Um, those are the two sectors where they have done better than the average. In fact, significantly better than the average. But in-store dining has suffered for sure. Yeah, the 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 sit down restaurant. Well, a lot of them here in the, in Michigan have been closed um, yeah. until very recently. You yeah, couldn't right. you couldn't go in at all. 
So if if they didn't have any kind of uh, takeout offering, they were just shut down. And and we've have you seen a lot of people? Uh, I mean, a lot of the businesses that that subscribe to your service um, go under. Uh, yes, we have, uh, particularly the mom and pops. Uh, we've seen a lot in the last kind of two months call us up and say, hey, we're just not going to be able to make it. We're going to have to shut our doors down. And that, that's the, the heartbreaking part of the business is when you have to talk to somebody who's put their life savings into their business and they have to, they have to walk away from it. Yeah, that's got to be... Uh that's got to be really tough. What What are your recommendations for people um, that that are anxious for the economy to get back going? Is it Is it simply just stick to the safe distancing and and mask wearing guidelines, and then do the things that that you're anxious to get out and do? Uh, so, uh, as a um, as a participant in the economy and as a consumer. I think we all want to see the economy come back. We were we were on um, a fantastic economic expansion, and uh, one that's great for the business, but it's also great for the individuals who can participate in that. I think we're all eager to get back to that. Um, at the same time, uh, I think it's um, it's probably too optimistic to assume that we can just ignore the pandemic. <laughs> right. uh, we have we have to adjust right and uh, we're Americans we've done this before right like we adjusted to more strictures and different protocols on airplanes after 9-11 right we adjusted to uh, probably a little bit more scrutiny on our loan applications after the 2008-2009 financial crisis um, I think that we can adjust to this as well um, and who gets to see the information that you compile? Is Are there reports that are online if John Q. Public is curious about, uh, you know, what's how things are trending with regard to uh, foot traffic in, in business and in the economy? Can, can they access this information, or is it uh, something that's just compiled for people in the business? Uh, no, we, we, we make the general um, uh, trends available on our website. Uh, we've put a number of articles out there. If you go to zenreach.com, uh, click on our blog, we'll, we'll show you some of the summary articles and then some of the press releases. Uh, we'll show you other articles that have compiled uh, a lot of the data that we have. So, yeah, we make it available to everyone. Well, this is, this is interesting and fascinating. John, thanks so much for spending a little time with me to, to talk about this. Thank you very much, Tom. It's a pleasure. All right. Take care. All right. Thanks. That was uh, John Kelly. He's the CEO of ZenReach, talking about uh, the impact of COVID on uh, walk-through traffic for restaurants and bars and so on. We'll have more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead. I know of a place where you never get harmed a magical place with magical charms indoors 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 take it away hey <laughs> this is the unknown comic 
And guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now. And now. And now, too. And even now. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. Take the following everyday steps to help avoid the spread of all respiratory viruses. Wash your hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. Cover your cough or sneeze with a tissue. Throw the tissue away and then wash your hands. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects or surfaces, such as remote controls and doorknobs. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. And stay home if you are sick. Call your health care provider if you develop fever, cough, or difficulty breathing. For more tips, visit cdc.gov. They say singing can help you remember things, so here's some tips for parents out there during these tough times. Number one. Make sure your kids wash their hands for 20 seconds after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside. Two. Virtual playdates, social and physical distancing can help save lives. Three. Tell them they're safe and show your love and pride. Yes, we'll get through this together. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Tom Sumner Program is hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the Briggs. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write us at TomSumnerProgram.com. Call us at at 810-339-8255 or contact us on Facebook or Twitter. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner program where to go. Do you have feelings of inadequacy? Do you suffer from shyness? Do you sometimes wish you were more assertive? If you answered yes to any of these questions, ask your doctor or pharmacist about tequila. Tequila is the safe, natural way to feel better and more confident about yourself and your actions. Tequila can help ease you out of your shyness and let you tell the world that you're ready and willing to do just about anything. You'll notice the benefits of tequila almost immediately. And with a regimen of regular doses, you can overcome any obstacles that prevent you from living the life you want to live. Shyness and awkwardness will be a thing of the past, and you'll discover many talents you never knew you had. Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila may not be right for everyone. Women who are pregnant or nursing should not use tequila. However, women who wouldn't mind nursing or becoming pregnant are encouraged to try it. Side effects may include dizziness, nausea, vomiting, incarceration, erotic lustfulness, loss of motor control, loss of clothing, loss of money, loss of virginity, delusions of grandeur, table dancing, headache, dehydration, dry mouth, and a desire to sing karaoke and play all night rounds of strip poker, truth or dare, and naked twister. Warning, the consumption of alcohol may make you think you're whispering when you're not. It's a major factor in dancing like a retard. may cause you to tell your friends over and over again that you're in love with them. Also may cause you to think you can sing. Alcohol may lead you to believe that ex-lovers are really dying for you to telephone them at four in the morning. Alcohol may make you think you can logically converse with members of the opposite sex without spitting. It may create the illusion that you are tougher, smarter, faster, and better looking than most people. And it may lead you to think people are laughing with you. 
alcohol may cause pregnancy, and it also may be a major factor in getting your ass kicked. So what are you waiting for? Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila! I get the uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. Oh, but Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen in the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. I would like to take you to the opera where you are going to hear a Mozart opera, which is nothing but an opera written by Mozart. (laughs) This is an opera in one act, and it begins when the curtain rises, otherwise you couldn't see a thing. (laughs) The stage setting is a kind of a forest. There are two large trees which, of course, indicates the forest. It's a kind of a small forest, but it's a forest. <laughs> First, the tenor comes in. He is supposed to meet his soprano, as they usually call those ladies. <laughs> but she's a little late this particular season, so he hides himself behind one of the trees in order to surprise her when she comes in a little later, which she does. So when she arrives, she can't find him because he is occupied behind one of the trees. <laughs> He's with a knife carving her name into the <laughs> scenery. Now, she doesn't know that he is there, but, uh, well, as a matter of fact, she must know it because she saw it during rehearsals. <laughs> Either she pretends that she doesn't know it or she's just plain stupid. Whatever it is, she gets across the stage somehow and takes place behind the other tree, which, for the occasion, hides her. (laughs) To a certain extent. Now, the chorus comes in, but nobody knows why except Mozart, and he is dead. (laughs) And that's just too bad. Next... Her father comes in, and he is a very old man, primarily because she is a very old soprano. <laughs> and he is very angry because apparently she is not his daughter. Now, this has nothing to do with the opera. I found that out myself. <laughs> and that's what we call research. Anyway, he decides that he has had enough of her, so he tells her to die, and that's exactly what she's going to do. (laughs) And with that, the opera ends, and people can go home. Now I take you to the opera house where you hear the conductor's footsteps when he enters the orchestra pit. Here he comes. He walks sideways. (laughs) And this is the overture. (laughs) 
This, ladies and gentlemen, was the first part of the overture. Now you hear the second part, and that's exactly the same. Now, this little bloop is an extra bloop we have in case we shoot one shot of bloops. But that has never happened, so we have a lot of bloops left over. Now the curtain rises and the tenor arrives. He's a little tall fellow. He comes in. He comes in from the left in a single file. He goes behind the tree right away. Now the leading lady arrives. She is supposed to fill the part of the soprano. Now she not only fills it, she overflows it a little bit. She's a big husk, a big, uh, uh, she's a big soprano, that's what she is. She's what we call a messy soprano. She comes in in a single pile. She also arrives backwards, but nobody notices the difference. She goes behind the other tree. She can hardly wait because... See, she is... She supposedly hasn't... She hasn't met him for a long time, so she is just... She's anxious. Now is the time for the chorus. The light is dimmed, so you can hardly see these people when they arrive, and that's why they're dressed in a kind of cheap underwear. Because there is no reason to spend a lot of money for costumes when you can't see them. Right? And that's the way the, way the management of this theater feels about it, and that's the way it's going to be. <laughs> Here they come. Bread and butter. Now they're all in, and they fool around in the dark for a little while. This is a mixed chorus. Bread and butter. Now they're out, they get the money and go home. Next, a baritone comes in and sings, Toreador, Toreador. But he finds out that he's in the wrong opera. Now, the father comes in, the old man, and he is the basso. Thank you. 
almost now told her what he had to say and she understands him quite well so now she prepares herself to die but before she dies she sings an area the so-called die area <laughs> She seems very happy about it. She dies by stabbing herself between the two big trees. This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. Wrapping it up with a little fun with uh, Victor Borga in the Comedy Spotlight for today's edition of Tom Sumner Program. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks to uh, all of my guests, author Larry Ty, talking about his book about Joe McCarthy, Demagogue. And, uh, of course, uh, just just now, um, a little bit ago, talking with uh, Zen Reach CEO, uh, John Kelly, and uh, also my musical guest, Kim Heath Streeby. Thanks, uh, Kim. Great to have you back. And uh, with that, that's Smoking George Winters tickling the ivories. Let me know it's time to head down the uh, hall to the living room for the weekend. And uh, I hope you have a great weekend and come back and join us Monday. We have a special show on Monday. It's mostly music. It's our Christmas in July special featuring holiday favorites by artists from in or around the greater Flint area. So, happy weekend, everybody. Uh, See you Monday. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show. We want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner program. And thanks for listening.